Hello and welcome back to the Sports Beat Podcast uh, number 51. We were supposed to originally have Shay Conant and uh, Garrett Gronlin. Shay could not make it tonight. He will have to join another episode. We'll get him on. Um, but first of all, we got to thank our guests for coming. Uh, Mr. Gronlin, how you doing, big guy? Doing great, man. You know, I don't know how many times I've been on this show, but I feel like a regular. I love it. I love coming on here and just, you know, guys being dudes. Nothing better than that. Absolutely. Uh, and honestly, that was one of the things. Um, as a show, you, that's the atmosphere you, cut, you try to create, and you definitely help do that. Um, and then, obviously, our, tri- our co-host, Tristan, T-Rank. I keep forgetting your – I called you – I think I called you something else last week. I'm sorry for that. T-Rank, I'll get it right this week. Shame. Yeah, hopefully you start getting it right soon because it's getting irritating. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, football's back tonight. I got to rep the Chiefs. Even though I'm a Packers fan, I got to pick a team every week. Um, I love Patrick Mahomes, the next GOAT. Um, but, yeah. I'm excited to be here, guys, being dudes. Got my cold one. Uh, it's going to be a new weekly thing, or I'm always going to have a cold one now, at least during football season. Yeah, that's if, you don't have, if you don't have a spotted cow one of these weekends, you're not a true Packer fan. Shoot. <laughs> I have to make a Walmart run. <laughs> oh, in Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin, yeah. <laughs> that would be one heck of a drive. A um, lot of stuff to talk about uh, tonight, um, and there's a, we got an outline here. Just going to get it open. Um, obviously, uh, you know, there's a, we put an NFC North preview in here uh, with hopes because, I mean, all of us are, for the most part, uh, at least one of our teams is an NFC North team. Um, we also we're going to talk about AP joining the Vikings, uh, fantasy sleepers, and also, you know, uh, which rookie wide receiver is most likely to win offensive rookie of the year, and honestly, whatever else we want to talk about, it's our show. So um, before we do, we're going to make sure to ask all of you that watch us on YouTube to make sure to subscribe down below, leave us a like and a comment to help people find the show, uh, and uh, also remember to follow us all on social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, I don't. Uh, I think that's about pretty much all we, any of us have. But um, with with that, let's let's jump right into this. So what, uh, what I always like to do is I always like to start out with our guests. Uh, Garrett, now, I think that... Uh, Everybody in well, everybody thinks that between the Lions and Bears, uh, they're probably two of the weaker teams in the NFC North. And personally, uh, I, I've heard more Lions jokes uh, about how awful the Lions are, even though they're a respectable team. Uh, in which I even mentioned, I believe it was last week or the week before, that they even had a lead on Green Bay at one point. Uh, between the Packers and, or excuse me, between the Lions and the uh, and the Bears, which team do you think is most likely to make the playoffs? I think it's I think it's Lions without a doubt. Actually, I think the Lions are actually a sleeper team. That teams that don't don't sleep on them, don't sleep sleep on them at all. Um, my few concerns, I, um, my few concerns for uh, the Lions was um, their injuries that they had with you know Matt Stafford, you know, and their their running back situations and um, how much uh, they uh, you know the team unites under uh, Matt Patricia. And, you know, a lot of those got, you know, answered, you know, for me, you know, pretty easily. You know, they uh, added DeAndre Swift. They added Adrian Peterson along with Carrion Johnson, who, you know, has been injured. So, you know, they got three running backs. Uh, they have uh, Galladay, who is, you know, he's kind of almost like a form of Tyreek Hill. He's absolutely, you know, insane. He has giant playmaking playmaking potential they have marvin jones jr you know who's like that nice consistent but average you know wide receiver um last year they drafted that uh tj hawk hawkin uh hawkin something yeah Yeah. and um i think um like last year was his rookie year this year i think he has the year not quite as good as mark andrews but i think he has a very phenomenal year and when you got all those offensive pieces you know 
Um, I really think if they stay healthy, they can, you know, make a make, you know, they, they can really make teams sweat. Um, I don't think that Detroit's an easy, easy win this year for anybody. And then, you know, with Detroit, you know, doing the whole uh, the unity thing, you know, with the, um, you know, their protest, you know, I really feel like, you know, whether people agree with that or don't don't agree with that. That's something that, you know, their team came together on their team united on it. I think they're they're you know stronger together as a team for doing that. Um, so I, I think it's clearly Detroit. I mean, it does suck that they lost Darius Slay because you know he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. But um, I, I'm really interested to in seeing how they do. Uh, why I don't believe in the Bears is because Mitchell Trubisky sucks. He's not good. He stinks. Um, I've said it my whole life. Uh, and I don't think I don't think the Bears are bought in on him. I really don't. I I was shocked that Nick Foles isn't the starter um, because you don't make a move like that. You don't pay a guy that much money to sit behind him. And if Nagy doesn't have a good year, he's gone. You know, and they've already ha- they've already said that they weren't going to pick up Mitch's uh, contract. So I just I really don't see the Bears doing anything too special. Um, you know, I, the receiving core isn't that strong. Their running backs aren't anything special. Um, you know, everybody, you know, when I was, cause I, I always go through the spread with, um, people that I work with and with my dad and I told my dad, I was like, dad, the Lions are a three point favorite this week. And I think the Lions are going to beat the crap out of him. And he looked at me and he's like, really? And I was like, well, let's put this into perspective about how Detroit's going and how the bears are going. Um, you know, and like I said, if, if they can protect Stafford, I think the Lions easily have a way better chance of um, of beating the Bears. And honestly, it really wouldn't shock me that if, like, the Packers fall apart or the Vikings fall apart, it really wouldn't shock me if Detroit actually made, like, a, you know, a run to where they had a, a spot at that uh, second spot, uh, that second spot in the wild card. I really think Detroit is a very... You know, they're, they're a dark horse. They're not going to be talked about, and I think they're going to be scary the whole year if they stay healthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, T-Rank, my man, what, what about you? Uh, you'll have to forgive me because I'm in the middle of a pretty heated draft, but uh, I'm right there with Garrett, 100%. Lions over the Bears. Um, he touched on everything really well. If As long as Matt Stafford stays right, then this team is going to be – a team that makes a push for first or second place in the NFC North and a wild card spot, most likely. Matt Stafford is a hell of a quarterback. Um, I wrote some stuff down. Yeah, the Lions haven't won since week eight of last year, and that was when Stafford went down. Um, I think the NFC North is a lot more open than people think it is besides Green Bay. I think Green Bay going into the second year in this new system is going to be a lot more comfortable, and I think they're going to be Maybe not 13-3, and three, but I do think they're going to be a better football team. Um, but I do think after Green Bay, uh, Minnesota, uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. I feel like after Green Bay, it's up in the air, even with Green Bay. I'm not completely sold on Matt LaFleur um, or what he's done there so far. Um, hold on. I got a draft real quick. I'll take, Mar- <laughs> I'll I'll take, uh, I'll take Mark Ingram. Okay. But... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, if, if Stafford stays healthy, I think they'll be legitimate playoff contenders. Um, before he got hurt last year, Detroit was averaging 391 yards a game, which was top five in the NFL. 
Um, the run game will be good enough with the addition of Adrian Peterson, good enough to take some pressure off Matt Stafford. I don't think it's going to be an elite. Like, I don't think they're going to be like a top 15 rushing team. They could be, but uh, it's going to be good enough. And uh, if Okuda, if Jeff Okuda lives up to the hype and he, he plays, he fills the shoes that uh, Darius Slay left, um, then I think they have a really solid defense too, especially they got all those expatriates um, on the defense as well now. Uh, I forget the name. A linebacker, Van Noy, Kyle Van Noy, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Um, I just think they have a really solid unit offense and defense. Like uh, Garrett said, their wide receiver core, definitely, it's probably the best in the NFC North, maybe second um, with there with the Vikings. Um, yeah, the running backs are solid. Their quarterback, they got the second best quarterback in the division. Um, so they're just a super solid team. And like he said, with all the unity stuff they did, um, apparently last year they had some issues um, uniting under Matt Patricia, but you know they, they've done all the stuff in the off season, whether it's the player protests or whatever. But I think Matt Patricia was standing right in the middle of that picture they took in front of their building, and to me it looks like everybody's getting along well. They're having a good time. I watched some like Twitter whatever clips they got from practice, and everybody looks like they're having fun. They're flying around. Stafford looks damn good. He looks thinner than he's ever been, and his arm looks good. So that's a good sign. But, yeah, I think Detroit is uh, a serious dark horse team that's going to be really sneaky good um, and could make a push for the NFC North um, division title. Uh, They probably won't because Green Bay and Minnesota will probably win it. But, yeah, Chicago's screwed. Uh, Matt Nagy has said himself just within the last week that they don't even have an identity, an offensive identity. And they just picked who their quarterback was going to be, which is a big mistake. Um, giving Trubisky the job over Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles, who's been very good the last two years. He was good in Jacksonville. I mean, what do you have, like a game or two before he broke his collarbone? He looked good. Um, yeah, it's like I said our last episode, Mitchell Trubisky is going to be on the shortest leash we've ever seen, I think. Um, if he throws two picks and a half, three in a game, I feel like – there's going to be zero hesitation to bench him. I don't think Bears fans will be that mad if he gets benched. Um, I think it's going to be Foles' job before midseason. Um, they'll be looking at trading or getting rid of Trubisky probably. If they have a losing season, Nagy's going to be gone most likely. Um, but, yeah, the Lions 100% um, regardless. Like what Colton said, I think you said something about uh, them when they played the Packers both times last year where they were leading. Green Bay did not lead in that game one either game one second. They won both games by time expired field goals. Mm-hmm. So they they put the hurt on Green Bay last year with and without Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're a solid team and they're going to be really good. I would just like to remind everyone. No, I'm not disagreeing with you guys. Um, I do think I'll, I'll go on my little rant about the Detroit Lions here. The Detroit Lions have been one of the most disrespected teams in football for a very long time now. Not just because uh, – I, I get I get asked for some reason why, but it needs to come to an end right now. To, but now, because when you think about the level of talent – now, you both can correct me if I'm wrong here. I feel like in terms of arm strength, in terms of charisma, in terms of leadership ability, Matt Stafford is one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. In terms of talent, arm strength, all of that. He is one of the top five quarterbacks in the entire NFL. I don't care uh, what anybody says because when it comes down to it, when I watch a guy like Matt Stafford throw the football and and the way he leads his team, I if I'm a play, I want to play for a guy like Matt Stafford. I want to be on that guy's on that guy's sideline with him because I feel like 
he not only leads the team effectively, but he's also got uh, he's got everything you want in a franchise quarterback, and he's been getting disrespected long enough uh, that I'm tired of it. He, I know he's injured. Uh, that's a part of the game, but it, it comes to an end now because I, I feel like it's about time that this man gets the recognition that he deserves. Not only is he one of the top uh, consistently one of the biggest threats that you have in a quarterback, but a lot of people forget some of the years in which he absolutely killed it. Like, I mean, I'm just going to go through a couple of years here, and you guys tell me what you guys think. I mean, back in 2011, his third year in the NFL, over 5,000 passing yards and 41 touchdowns. Okay, 16 interceptions. I, I would be hard-pressed. I don't think there's ever, if if not ever, there's been at least only a very few players in NFL history, and especially at the Vikings teams that have ever thrown for 40 touchdowns in a season. This guy has been getting slept on enough. Um, he's over. He's over forty thousand yards. He's only what eight thousand yards behind uh, Matt. Or, uh, excuse me, uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC North, hands down, easily, um, and in the NFL altogether. So, um, as far as the Detroit Lions, you guys uh, brought up a lot of good points, um, and I agree with every single one of them. But I'm going to remind you guys uh, that of the dominance of that Chicago Bears defense two years ago. If they can find some semblance of themselves, even as to where they're even a top five, top ten defense, and they get a little something out of Nick Foles because I don't think Mitch Trubisky will start be starting for very long, this could be a team to watch out for. Like, again, I'll say it again. The Detroit Lions here, you're very clearly the team that have the best shot to go to the playoffs. But let's keep in mind, this Chicago Bears team, uh, it's very tough to play in Windy City. They've always had a really good defense. Last year they gave the Vikings fits, uh, even though they didn't even have their starting defensive line in. Uh, and the fact that uh, uh, the Bears um, and then also the fact uh, that it wasn't just the Packers uh, excuse me, it wasn't just the Packers that the Lions gave a problem to it was the Vikings as well, so that's a kind of little nitpick there to give you guys, but at the same time the, the Bears beat the Vikings twice last year, um, and now I know I know Vikings are saying, including myself, but we didn't put our starters in for the same game, doesn't matter this is the NFL, we, we take it for face value they beat the Vikings twice last year, as did the Packers uh, and I, I think this is, uh, you can't, it's the NFL. I don't think you can sleep on any team, let alone uh, the Chicago Bears or the Detroit Lions, whoever it is. So um, I agree with you guys. It is the Detroit Lions, but I would I would really remind you, everyone, not just you guys, that uh, to not also not sleep on the Chicago Bears because, again, if they can get some sort of semblance from that defense uh, as well as find their identity behind Nick Foles, I think it could be, they could be a very uh, dangerous team moving forward. Um, now, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, obviously, we just covered it. Uh, we're also going to talk about him starting for the Bears. Uh, Tristan thinks it's a mistake. Personally, I um, I think it's I think it's the decision that everybody expected, but nobody wanted. And I, what I mean by that is, obviously, they drafted him. What was it? Third overall. They could have drafted him. Uh, no, they drafted him second overall. He, they were at the three spot and they traded up for him. They could have easily got him at the third overall pick. Then they passed up quarterbacks, you know, like Deshaun Watson, like Patrick Mahomes, and the list goes on. This is still a very, very uh, uh, a promising guy in terms of athleticism, uh, like uh, as far as scrambling and stuff, but I don't know that he has what it takes to be a franchise quarterback. Um, he has a lot to prove. And uh, Tristan, I like what you said about uh, our, our conversation, I believe it was last week, about the, how short the leash is. I'm going to reiterate my point from last week. There is no leash. Uh, Garrett can probably attest to this. Well, when he takes his boy out, uh, when he takes the dog out to walk and hold him by the collar, there is no leash when it comes to uh, Mr. Bisky. The, the, the Bears are holding him by the collar, literally. So I, I don't think that there's any room for error with when it comes to Mr. Trubisky. Um, he's got to immediately come out the gate and, and find – the Bears don't have an identity, but, but they better find one behind Mr. Trubisky real soon. 
Um, uh, Tristan, I'm going to start out with you. Why do you think this is such a huge mistake uh, you know, with Mitch Trubisky and Super Bowl uh, MVP Nick Foles? Well, I, felt, I feel like the Bears kind of had to go with Mitch Trubisky uh, just because of his familiarity with the system. He's been there for a couple years. He was mistakenly selected to the Pro Bowl one of those years, um, which was a travesty, still is. Yeah. Um, it, I feel like they just kind of had to, just because he's been there for a while. They're just bringing somebody in to, I think, in the back of their minds, they know that Nick Foles is probably going to replace him. Um, but they just want to see how Mitch Trubisky reacts, if he can play better, which I don't think he will. Um, he's extremely inconsistent throwing the ball. He's, he's athletic, like you said, Colton, but I don't think he'll be able to put it all together to be a franchise quarterback, at least not in Chicago, under a coach who doesn't know what he wants to do with the team. Uh, it's just a weird situation. Foles, Foles will give them what they need to be competitive in the NFC North. Um, the way he played in Philly when he took him to the Super Bowl, he wasn't asked to do a lot. I mean, he might have ran for, I don't know, 50 total yards his time as a starter. Mitch likes to try to run for 50 a game, and they don't need that. They just need somebody who will be a statue and throw good balls. And Nick Foles can throw to his right, he can throw down the middle, and he can throw to his left. Mitchell Trubisky cannot throw to his left. Um, he has some bad accuracy middle, like medium type of balls, 20, 30 yards, terrible. He sails them way too far, or he throws them at their feet. So it's not going to be long before he's not the starter, I don't think. I mean, if he can manage to win eight games and they go eight and eight, then I don't know. If they can, if they can go on and off, win, lose, win, lose, then he'll probably stay the starter. But if they lose a few in a row or a couple in a row, which starting off against Detroit, that's a L. Um, it's it's not looking good for Mitch. He'll be he'll be out of there pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, what about you, Mr. Gronland? Honestly, I think it's it's one of those situations where it's a lose lose for Chicago. Um, I think uh, Mitch isn't going to be the guy. I think people can say whatever they want. They can say, oh, it got real because Nick Foles got, you know, you know, picked up by them. And, oh, my job isn't really all there. So now I have to, like, start getting better and all that and whatnot. And I don't, I just don't see it happening, especially with what we've had, especially with the COVID stuff. I just don't see it. Um, I also don't think Nick Foles, if he, if he goes in there, I don't think he's going to make a lick of difference. Uh, when he went to the Rams, he couldn't do anything with the Rams. Granted, the Rams sucked. Uh, when he went to the Jacksonville, yeah, he, you know, it wasn't like he was doing anything like spectacular, you know. And because I don't think he did anything that spectacular, you know, they stuck with uh, Minshew down in, in Jayville. Um, I think Nick Foles just did really good in the Eagle system. And I feel like that's how he was able to flourish. And the Bears system isn't like the Eagle system. And so I, I don't, I think Nick Foles is going to, struggle if he gets in there. I think Mitch Trubisky is going to struggle if he gets in there. Um, honestly, best case scenario for the Bears is they go 2-14 and 14 and get Trevor Lawrence. That's it. You know, like embra- if, if I'm a Bears fan, it's one of those years where you're just like, embrace the suck. Hope you get um, a really good quarterback in this next draft. You know, it does suck because you're losing a year out of Khalil Mack and you're losing a year out of, you know, all those guys. Um, but I, I, I just don't see the Bears doing anything either way with it. Um, you know, 
I wish I wish the Bears would have done more of uh, more of a even like a Cam Newton gamble, you know, mm-hmm. instead of Nick Foles, um, you know, just something. Uh, because I just yeah I I don't know what else to say about it besides the fact that you know I just I think the Bears I hope the Bears you know go five and eleven or four and twelve and you know they don't get one of those top five spots and they don't get Trevor Lawrence and they don't get one of those and you know that endless cycle of just stinking you know continues for them um, but you know gosh the Bears just aren't yeah. And and the thing about it is, is that, is that uh, the Bears do have a good defense, but if your offense can't stay on the field, that defense gets tired, man, and that team that they get you know beaten down on, um, and you know, then they're not a good defense. <laughs> uh, yep. Lastly, I think uh, you know, as uh, T Rank said, hopefully I said that correctly. Perfect. He said, okay. Yeah, <laughs> he said. Um, you know, Mitch is, you know, more familiar with the system. Uh, I feel like if we would have had preseason games, I feel like Nick Foles 100% would be the starter because I think Mitchell Trubisky isn't even a top 50 quarterback in the NFL. So, uh, but, you know, I think Nick Foles will get his chance in there. I don't think he's going to do much for them. And, you know, the Bears are going to pay Nick Foles, so I'm not, I'm not upset about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, just, I feel I've already reiterated. Uh, sorry, Mr. McAleer. I, I feel like I've already reiterated the fact that um, I felt what the Bears were going to do. I, I agree with both of your points here, but here's the thing. Um, I, I, I'm not going to reiterate what I said, but I will say this. I feel like going into the quarter, current quarterback situation for the Bears, it feels a lot like it did when Christian Ponder was playing for the Vikings um, towards the end, not when he was like showing some moderate amount of promise. Um, it was the, oh, oh, no, this guy's starting on Sunday. How bad are we going to get beat this time? I feel that a lot with the Bears. Not just necessarily – they have a good defense, um, which is the only simil- like non-similarity between the Vikings and Christian Ponder back in that area, era. But the point is, um, I, I, it just seems all too familiar. They're, I think, unfortunately, they're going to give uh, Mr. Trubisky too much time to prove that he's the starter when I don't think he will end up proving it. Uh, and that will take away which time that Nick Foles can maybe start to do a little something. Now, uh, I think it'll be too late by the time they put Foles in, because uh, I believe it was uh, Matt Castle who had gotten the chance to start after Christian Ponder just wasn't getting it done. It's been a while. But point is, um, I do fully, I, I fully have a lot of confidence in Nick Foles. I mean, hey, he beat my Vikings 38-7 uh, back in the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago. So um, I do. It's not in his system now, but I think he'll do better than uh, than. Uh, and then Trubisky also. We'll have to see what happens now. Um, we, we talked a little bit about it earlier, uh, but we really need to go into depth of here. Now, as a Vikings fan, AP joining the Lions, I, there have been multiple opportunities for Adrian Peterson to not only become a step closer to breaking the all-time rushing record, which I think he is, he's going for, even though he's it's, it's going to be tough. Like We're going to call a spade a spade. It's going to be very tough. He wants to play till he's 40. He would basically need to average – he would need to average 1,000 yards for the next four to five years in order for him to break it. Um, but I, I'm i not saying he can't do it because obviously it's it's foolish to doubt Adrian Peterson. I've got an immense amount of love for the man. But as a Vikings fan, I can confidently say that he had multiple opportunities when he had the scandal with his son and when he had uh, – when he was, he was injury prone a lot with the Vikings. He had multiple chances – to be able to rack up over 15, 16,000 yards with the Vikings um, and instead chose to want $16 million a year, which 
was quarterback money and absurd back then, and I don't think he's going to get the shot that he's looking for uh, in Detroit. However, I do think it really it severely improves their running game, especially those short uh, those short yardage downs, uh, like a second and three, a second and two, this type of deal. Um, uh, guys, and I, tell me what you guys think. We'll start with Garrett here. What do you think? You're a, you're an Oklahoma Sooners fan, and you got to watch this guy run over defenses for years. Uh, and one time in which I believe he broke his clavicle on a touchdown run. I mean, so that's just that's just nothing. Uh, I feel encapsulates more than that run uh, that Adrian Peterson had. And I, feel, I just feel like there's just so much more of a legacy that uh, you would be able to tell. What do, you, what do you think about AP joining the Lions? I'm just glad he's playing football, man. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's, you know, things like I follow him on Twitter. I'm guessing you do as well. Life looks mm-hmm. like it's going good for him. Um, I kind of hate the Washington football team a little more than I, you know, hate, hate I just do. Um because, you know, I hope the Lions treat him well. If they don't treat him well, I'm going to hate the Lions even more. Um, you know, he, he's just – you know, I've always, I've always liked him. Um, I've, I literally – for a, a speech class, um, I got into a debate on the whole Adrian Peterson aspect with somebody, and I drove the other person into the dirt with facts. And I, you know, hate Roger Goodell for him suspending him for him when, you know, there were – you know, before the, you know, facts, you know, came out and all that, I, I think they took away a, a year from him that really upset me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the dude tore his ACL and then just crushed the season rushing record. Um, but, like you know. Almost, almost broke it. I was so mad when that happened. He yeah. He was so close. But, he, like I said, he crushed it that year. You know, he, he absolutely did. crushed it that year. Um, like I said. Um, I'm curious how much the 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 Lions will use him uh, when they just you know got DeAndre Swift in the second round and they've got Carryon Johnson, um, you know because I felt like AP was getting you know majority of the carries with the Geis injury last year at the Washington football team. It's not easy to call them the Washington football team, by the way. I'm just getting it's really good at it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just said, like I was just happy somebody picked him up. Um, it's, it's kind of cool that he's on the Lions because I'll get to see him a lot more um, when they play the Vikings and, you know, when they do those other games. Like I said, I just wish him the best. I don't think anything spectacular is going to come out from him, you know, this year. Uh, yeah, I, I love the dude's motivation for wanting to get the, you know, the, the rushing record. But, yeah, he's, he's not going to get it, unfortunately. Um, Roger Goodell and his uh, injuries kind of screwed him out of that, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Tristan, uh, thoughts on AP joining the Lions? Uh, as much as I don't really care about him or follow him, because um, <laughs> he, he ran over Green Bay for a long time there, uh, I respect him, and I'm glad he's still playing football, and it's I'm happy he's still playing football, and he's still seeking out opportunities to play. I don't think Detroit's the best place um, for him to be. Um, it's kind of cool seeing him come back to the NFC North because we'll get to see him a little more than we usually do. I never watched a Redskins football game. Um, now the football team. Um, but I don't know. Hopefully they treat him well, give him a fair amount of carries. You know, he's not, a- he's not asking to be a workhorse starter anywhere. I just hope that he gets carries and he's not somebody that's just left on the bench and then cut from the active roster and just kind of like toyed around with. I hope that he's treated respectfully as one of the legendary elite running backs that he is. Um, and I hope he gets to play. I hope when they play Green Bay, I hope he has a nice game because I'd like to. I'd like to see him do good. 
And uh, as much as I, I, I have a lack of information about his past, I just know that he played for Minnesota and he was really good. Um, <laughs> that's about all I know about him. And I know he played for the Sooners. Um, but other than that, I don't know a whole lot about the guy. I just respect the hell out of him. And I hope he does well. Let's get off the NFC North talk here. Um, I, I feel like we've, we've Wait, definitely eased One more thing. Go, go ahead, big guy. Um, how do you say the Yannick dude's last name? That I, think like, it's in, I think it's in Gagwe. In Gagwe? In Gagwe. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just saw that they put – I, I believe I just heard it today that they put Daniil Hunter on the uh, whatchamacallit list. If you're a Packers fan, if you're a Packers fan, that's the best news you've heard probably in the last month. You best believe this. I said Daniil Hunter and Yannick are going to be the best edge rushing duo in the NFL. And I said it's going to be tough. And now that Daniil Hunter could be out, I was like, what an even bigger win for the Packers that there's no fans at the game. And they get accounted as a road game, and now they're going to be missing one of their best defensive players. That was the last thing I wanted to say about the NFC North. Yeah, go I'll, ahead. Uh, I'll Tristan. touch on it. Um, on Yannick, what is it? Ngagwe. Uh, yeah. I was watching a press conference. I watched Aaron's Aaron Rodgers is like his pressure she does during the week. And when did this get announced? Was it yesterday or two days ago that he was put on IR? I, was, I, I just heard well, it this I morning. It was yesterday. Six. Ten. Hold on, I got to pick a tight end that doesn't have a week six bye. Uh, <laughs> all right, got it. So I was watching his presser live, and somebody told him like they broke the news to him during his presser that Nagagwe got put on the IR, and he was no, like, was, re- uh, Daniel Hunter, yeah. Daniel Hunter." Yeah, yeah, my bad, Hunter. And they were like, "Oh, breaking news, Aaron Hunter just or Daniel Hunter just got put on IR." And he was, like, reading something off of paper, but his eyes just, like, lit up like a Christmas tree. Like, Really? Like, <laughs> oh. like, he looked excited for about three seconds, but then he, like, oh, that's yeah. too bad. He's a really good player. I was looking forward to playing him. But you could tell he got hella excited, which yeah. if I was like the Vikings fans back when uh, Anthony Barr laid the dirty hit on Aaron, mm-hmm. I would go around celebrating this injury for the rest of the year like the Vikings did to Aaron. But I'm not that type of guy. I like Daniel Hunter. He's a good player. It's unfortunate he got hurt. Um, I was actually, as much as I hate Minnesota, I was really looking forward to seeing how good that duo could be because I felt like it could be absolutely nasty. Um, And I thought it was going to be a really good test for Aaron week one. But Yannick is still going to do his thing, and I'm I'm sure they have other capable edge rushers behind uh, Daniel Hunter. So we'll just find out. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's uh, it's a little boost for Green Bay. I will say this: uh, during the whole, I don't, I'm not going to get in the debate of. I didn't personally didn't think it was dirty. I thought it was him just taking him to the ground. No, I do get, I do get why a lot of, uh, not even just Packer fans thought it was dirty. I, I mean, I can see why people would think it was. Personally, I didn't think it was dirty. Um, but I will say, I was disgusted with how Vikings fans reacted to how uh, Aaron Rodgers was injured for the year. It, it, it's almost. It's so unfortunate. It is unfortunate because when you think about what what football is supposed to mean and and bringing in a franchise quarterback and all this different stuff, like when you when you have to play a guy like Aaron Rodgers twice a year, Vikings fans and everybody else shakes because they know it's Aaron Rodgers. And when the man is out for an entire year, 
it's okay to be excited, but for as exciting as Vikings fans were and everybody else was kind of making it, I was I felt awful because I personally never did that because uh, I, I felt like it was uh, it just wasn't right. Uh, you, as, a, as a competitor, as a football player, I think we can all agree we never truly wanted somebody to be injured when we were playing. I felt we wanted to play uh, somebody at our best against their best. That's when you know you truly beat someone. And uh, for me, I, I just I felt absolutely awful when Aaron Rodgers – uh, I went down, and then all these players, all the you know, not even just Vikings fans, might I add, uh, were absolutely thrilled by. It. I was like, I was disgusted by. It. But I will also say, um, <laughs> it's panic time. Yeah, it's panic time, especially because if you're going to tell me that Jalen Holmes, Jalen Holmes, is going to come out and replace Daniel Hunter, I don't think so. Okay, their best, the Vikings' best shot right now is to put uh, Yannick and Godway, Yannick, ugh, on, uh, on the left side of the line, and then put. The Fadio Denebo on the other side of the line, and just hope and pray to God that Aaron Rodgers is just feeling a little bit unlike himself that day. Because if we're being honest, uh, the Vikings' secondary is extremely young to a fault. Uh, other than having two all-pro safeties, I think that uh, this is going to really open up things Sunday. And then for the next three weeks, uh, it, it won't necessarily uh, bring out weaknesses against the Vikings' defense, but it, it's a huge loss. When you talk about a guy that had what was almost 15 sacks last year and he didn't even play Week 17 because the Vikings made the playoffs, I mean, when you talk about a guy that just brings it every Sunday, and a former third-round pick at LSU had two sacks his senior year at LSU, and then just to see him develop into the pass rusher and absolute terries. He's also one of the best run-graded defensive ends in the entire league, too. So you're obviously going to feel his presence uh, or miss his presence for at least the first three weeks. I'm expecting this. Now, they, they, I believe they disclosed it as a neck injury. Uh, and, it, and also on the sideline when he was leaving the field, he was saw limping. So I don't know if this is a cover-up, conspiracy theory. I'm not, I'm not that type, but I do feel like um, there could be more than than what we're seeing. But um, I, uh, unfortunately, it's very unfortunate. Now, uh, now let's get back on uh, out of this NFC North. I was hoping you guys didn't see that. Um, but uh, l- let's get into Fantasy Snipers, our second segment here. Um, I'm sorry, it's my grandmother's, my grandmother's landline. I apologize. Who has those anymore? I know. Uh, I'm totally kidding. No. Fantasy football sleepers. Um, I feel like there's at least a couple of guys I can name off the top of my head. And, uh, and for me, it's going to start with guys like um, uh, D. I can't uh, J.K. Dobbins, excuse me. Uh, there's a lot of guys, including him, and rookies at running backs. Um, even the new, uh, excuse me, the new Washington football team running back, and I've been saying this, it's been, you're right, it's so tough. Antonio Gibson, I think he's going to be a big sleeper. Um, Tristan, give me a couple of fantasy sleepers that you're really looking forward to this year. I'll start at the uh, the quarterback position. Um, I think Gardner Minshew, um, I'm a big Gardner fan. I feel like he's going to be a very solid fantasy quarterback this year, probably top 10. Maybe, I mean, maybe around 9 or 10, but mm-hmm. not like in the top 5. But I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that doesn't get drafted um hold on i gotta make a pick okay that's my last pick i'm done drafting all right so <laughs> um yeah gardner Minshew. i mean he 60 60.6 percent completion percentage 3200 yards 21 touchdowns six picks as a rookie and 350 rush yards it's very respectable numbers nobody thought he was gonna be the starter and he goes in and does that um says something about the guy i think he was ready to play and Going into his next year there, I feel like he's going to be a lot more comfortable. we got solid wide receiver. Obviously, the running back situation is you know, up in the air. Who's going to be their workhorse running back? But uh, he was sixth in play-action completion percentage last year and fifth in deep ball completion percentage last year. And I feel like that's only going to get better with uh, him and DJ Chark building their chemistry. 
whatever other guys he's got there. I feel like he's my sleeper for quarterback. Some other guys I threw in there, um, Chase Edmonds, the running back for the Cardinals. I feel like he could be – I uh, didn't draft him. I tried to, but somebody picked him right before me. Um, I feel like he's going to be a guy that nobody drafts, and he's going to be – or maybe nobody drafts, and he's going to be pretty good. Um, Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver for the Steelers, is one of my other top sleepers, especially with Big Ben coming back. Um, there's no saying how good Big Ben's going to be, but he's going to be better than Hodges. And uh, who's the guy that got smacked by the helmet? Uh, oh, uh, Rudolph. Yeah, Rudolph. It's going to be a massive upgrade from them. So, uh, Mason Rudolph, I believe, something like that, yeah. Yeah, Pittsburgh receivers, besides Juju, I think, are going to be very good, um, especially with Juju getting all the looks from the number one defenders. I feel like Deontay Johnson and Washington are going to ball out, potentially. And then uh, I got to pick a Green Bay boy. Well, there's two of them I think could be fantasy sleepers. Alan Lazard probably didn't get drafted in anybody's leagues. Um, he's going to be Aaron's number two receiver, most likely. Um, he came on very strong at the end of last year. I feel like he's going to be a really solid wide receiver who could put up wide receiver two or flex numbers in any fantasy league. And then uh, Jamal Williams, um, Aaron Jones, other running back he shares the backfield with. From what we've heard and what we've seen at a training camp, Jamal Williams has come back um, just being a next-level pass catcher than he was when he left last year. And that's exactly what Aaron wanted out of him. He said if he can improve as a pass catcher, he's going to see the field just as much as Aaron Jones. And apparently, he took a bigger step than Aaron thought he was going to take. He's a lot quicker, and he's running routes like a wide receiver. Not as good as a wide receiver, but he, he looks darn good. So I think Jamal Williams would also be another solid flex play in a lot of leagues, especially PPR leagues. So those are my guys for sleepers. Mm-hmm. Mr. Gronlin, what about you, my guy? All right, so... I kind of got – what's up? Uh, so I got um, a couple that I'm going to talk about. And my first one I'm going to talk about, I got a quarterback in the uh, – that uh, I think is going to hopefully do really well. Uh, I believe Colton already knows who I'm going to say. It's uh, it's Baker Mayfield. Uh, he's got Jarvis Landry. He's got Odell Beckham. He's got a new and improved offensive line to keep, give him more than a second and a half to throw the dang ball. He's got great tight ends. They just brought in um, uh, Hooper from Atlanta. They still have Najoku, even though he doesn't want to be there. They have possibly the best running back duo with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. He's got weapons around him. Not only that, he, like he went into depressor and he said last year, you know, he lost, you know, kind of who he was. Um, he put on some weight. You know, he, he wasn't as motivated, and now he's motivated. He also had Freddie Kitchens, by the way, and. You know what? I don't like. You know, and you know he. You know he really never. I mean, he took some shots at Hugh Jackman and all that. But you know, he took that accountability and put it on himself. I think this year he's you know locked and ready to go, and I think he's got the weapons and the capabilities um, to really do that. Um, so I, like I said, I I'm a little biased because you know I'm a Baker Mayfield fan, but I also think that with the weapons he has around him, the new improved offensive line, that he's got a chance to really go off this year and, you know, be a, a top 10 possible quarterback. Um, number two, uh, this guy was probably taken towards the uh, end of your first round or early second round. Um, I think Josh Jacobs is going to be the, one of the best running backs this year, uh, up there with McCaffrey. Um, his stats for how many games he missed last year is incredible. And they're going to give him the rock some more. 
Uh, the Raiders really don't have a second string running back. It's Jalen Richard, and he's kind of their, you know, just a receiving back, I guess you could say. But even he's not really anything special. So Josh Jacobs is going to be getting, you know, 20-plus carries a game, maybe a few receptions. Um, he gets a ton of touches at the, you know, at the goal line. I, I just expect him to absolutely erupt and I think next year you know he'll be up there as like you know do I take him as the first second or third running back I I, I really just I love Josh Jacobs and I, I really hope he can stay healthy and now um tight end position um, I'm gonna skip the wide receiver position I'm gonna go to tight end position because people really really struggle at drafting tight ends and they freak out and they're just like I'm just gonna dig the next one up because I really don't know because outside the top ones you know if Kittle and Mark Andrews, and Darren Waller, you know, and uh, Zach Ertz. After those four, people lose their mind on who to get. Well, I have some insight. There's three. I'm going to give you three. So even if you don't get the one that I'm talking about, one of these three, hopefully you can pick up. First one, Hayden Hurst. He was the backup tight end for the Baltimore Ravens last year, and he was an absolute machine when Mark Andrews got injured. He is moving to Atlanta. They're going to have Matt Ryan throwing the ball, so they still have a good quarterback throwing it to him. He's got Julio Jones around him. They've got Calvin Ridley. They've got other weapons around. You know, he's going to, you know, find his way of having, you know, a couple really good games. So he's my first one. Number two, Tyler Higbee. Tyler Higbee is the tight end for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Last year, uh, those like last five games were absolutely insane. Like almost ten catches a game, over a hundred yards was absolutely incredible. And you know, I if if, if something isn't broke, you know, if it's not broke, you don't need to fix it. Um, so I think the Rams will still continue to go to him uh, as well. And you know, I think he'll have a phenomenal season. My last one, as I kind of talked about earlier with the Detroit Lions, uh, TJ uh, Hawken, Hawkinson. I said that right? Like I said, I expect him I expect him to have uh, almost Mark Andrews' year with Detroit this year. So if you don't get one of those big-name tight ends, hopefully you get one of those other ones. Um, but that's what, I, that's what I got for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think – a tight end is, is, is honestly such a difficult uh, position to kind of take because, like you said, after you get those after those first four or five, you're kind of wondering. I took Darren Waller because uh, I felt like he was going to give me the most bang for my buck. I couldn't believe nobody grabbed this man. Uh, and then I got TJ Hawkinson as my backup. Um, and so I, the reason I picked TJ Hawkinson, uh, I, I'm, I'm so glad you, you agree with me on this. If the man now he's got his ankle is 100% now. This man, even on a bad ankle last year, had 35 catches for 367 yards, two touchdowns. Now, not exactly blowing up numbers, but Herb Smith Jr. for the Vikings had a similar role. I mean, he started 16 games, uh, had similar stats as well. But I'm telling you, T.J. Hawkinson is definitely a guy to watch for. Uh, Matt Stafford loves his tight ends, loves those big tight ends. He's 6'5", 250. Um, I expect, I'm expecting a huge year out of him. I think he definitely makes he adds an element to their offense that they've missed, that they wanted with Eric Ebron but didn't quite get. Um, and I, I definitely think that this is going to be something uh, – that uh, fantasy uh, people or fantasy drafters need to look out for is, is a, a guy by the name of TJ Hawkinson. Uh, thank you for taking that one for me, by the way. Um, but then also, uh, I, I talked about it a little bit uh, ago before we went into this. Antonio Gibson. Now, it's looking like the, the Washington football team isn't going to have him as the starter. They're going to have J.D. McKissick, which I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, they need to get, they're probably going to give the ball a little bit to Bryce Love. But make no mistake, they're going to give the ball to Antonio Gibson, and they're not going to regret it. This guy's a playmaker. 
He's going to make a lot of plays for this offense next year, especially with a young quarterback and Dwayne Haskins Jr. Uh, and even though Kyle Allen probably should have uh, got the starting nod there, but uh, he, he gets it. And Dwayne Haskins, I think he's going to do some great things. Uh, I'm really excited for him. Um, and then finally, I'm also going to stick to the Washington football team when I make this one. Logan Thomas. Now, this is a guy, he's 29 years old, uh, a guy that he has kind of, in a way, floated around the NFL a little bit. Now, uh, Garrett, do you remember who Vasante Shanko was? I love Vasante Shanko. He was on the Brett Favre team with Sidney Rice and yes. Percy Harvin and AP. Probably, and yep. one of the, honestly, honestly, one of the best offensive lines that the Vikings probably ever had in their history, too, during that span. They had some. Exactly. Hall of, they have some Hall of Fame type guys and all like all pro guys on that team. Yeah, absolutely. Vasante Shanko. He has kind of a similar feel to Vasante Shanko in the regard that okay, his first four or five seasons, he got targeted maybe fifteen to twenty times, didn't get a whole look. Well, then you see it. Two thousand seven with the Vikings, Vasante Shanko exploded or didn't explode, but he had a career high twenty seven catches for over three hundred yards. And then the next year, he got you know had forty catches. And the next year, he had fifty catches with Brett Favre. Like I'm telling you, especially if Dwayne Haskins can find himself. The tight ends love quarterbacks that throw them the football. And he's already seeing an increase in production. The last three years, he's set career highs in all receptions. Now, I know, going from 7 to 12 and then from 12 to 16 isn't nothing to gawk about. But I'm telling you, I'm excited about what this uh, what Logan Thomas brings. A six foot six, uh, that 250-pound range, he's going to bring a lot for Dwayne Haskins Jr. Nobody's talking about him, which is great. I feel like he's going to really provide an element to this. Uh, almost a, He's going to provide a safety blanket to this Washington football team offense. Um, and it, it's I'm excited for it to see. Nobody's talking about him because it might be a little nuts uh, for going out on that street, but I, I expect him to have a great year and do some things as well. Um, and then I, I – is that just me, or did, like, everybody miss out on the Austin Eckler thing? Like, I felt like uh, that uh, he's just such a solid back that if you guys don't are, – are, are kind of struggling with a running back that uh, – he probably honestly might go top 10, but if you guys are, are wondering for a, a solid running back to get Austin Eckler is still a good back. Um, now, this next thing we're going to talk about real quick, uh, I think it kind of plays into a fantasy sleeper. Now, which rookie wide receiver is most likely to win the offensive rookie of the year? Um, personally, and I'm going to say this about it, and then I'll let Garrett here take it over because I, I know he's really looking forward to this one. Um, I, I think, in my opinion, it's Jerry Judy. Now, the reason is because Jerry Judy is an extremely talented wide receiver. Um, and the reason I think that he's uh, going to have a big fantasy impact this year is not only because um, of how good he was coming out of college and what I think he's going to do in the NFL, but because um, even th despite the fact that the Broncos have guys they're going to give the football to, they're going to give the ball to guys like Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, uh, Sutton, you know, Noah Fant. They've got a ton of guys that are going to demand the football, but – Jerry Judy is going to immediately separate himself from all of those guys in terms of talent, speed, all of that, all of size, whatever. doesn't matter. Jerry Judy is a guy you're going to want to pick up probably around that week four to five range because I feel like the right then I think that's when Drew Locke is going to realize, okay, I've got to get this guy the football. Um, Garrett, who is the rookie – The wow, rookie. We're not talking about Star Wars. Who is the rookie wide receiver that has the best chance of winning, uh, uh, of winning the Offensive uh, Rookie of the Year award? So – about a couple weeks ago, I would have agreed with you and said Jerry Judy. I really would have. Um, why? Because I don't know exactly how the Raiders are going to use um, rugs. And they also have two other uh, wide receivers that they took back-to-back. -back, um, and they have Hunter Renfro still. And they still have Tyrell Williams. And they're going to run the ball. And they have Dar uh, you know, Darren Waller. So I really just don't know how much they're actually going to use rugs. I, I really don't. Honestly, I hope he gets rookie of the year. It'd be really cool. Um, 
I don't think it's going to be Jerry Judy either. I uh, I just I don't know how the Broncos are going to use him. I know they have Cortland Sutton. Who's probably going to be out week one, by the way. Say that again? He's probably going to be out week one, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just got injured today, actually. So I don't know how Jerry Judy's going to do. I don't know where the Broncos are going to line him up at because we haven't seen any preseason games. And um, I'm not going to go with uh, – um, I'm blanking on him. Who's I'm not going to go with C.D. Lamb either because of Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper on that team. I'm not going with any of those three. And I'm not going to go with T. Higgins either because he, uh, you know, has Boyd and A.J. Green ahead of him and Joe Mixon as a running back. And I don't know how Joe Burrow's going to do as a, uh, you know, as a – What? Running for his life. Exactly. So – I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a bold, a very bold statement on this one. I think the most likely is gonna be Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. I think Adam Thielen is gonna take over that number one spot, and Justin Jefferson's is gonna kind of take that Stefan Diggs spot. And you know, the Vikings are gonna throw the ball to those two guys, and that's what they did. I don't even know who the Vikings number three receiver was last year, because all Skirt Cousins did was throw to Thielen or throw to Diggs or do a screen pass to Dalvin Cook. Irv Smith didn't get a lot of touches. So I think Jefferson will get the, you know, most opportunities, the most targets out of all of them. And, you know, I, I, I think Justin Jefferson was insane at LSU. Um, so people were like, oh, he's not a first-round receiver. I feel like he is a first-round receiver. I think he's insane. Um, but also the way that the, the teams and their play styles – I know how Kirk Cousins is going to play. I don't know how Derek Carr is going to play. I don't know how Drew Locke's going to play. And Dak Prescott's got Amari Cooper, and he's got Michael Gallup, and he's got all these other weapons around him, and I don't know how that's going to go. Um, you know, he's not even like the second-string guy, but Justin Jefferson, you know, he kind of is that 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 second-string guy for the Vikings. And, you know, that's why the Vikings took him, you know, as early as they did because they they believed in that, you know, he's, he's Diggs' replacement. And, you know, like I said, if I'm wrong, you know, I'll say, you know what, I was wrong. But there's just something that feels really, really right. And I feel like, you know, if because I, ha- I I took him as my sleeper wide receiver this year because I'm like, I really think he's going to get more targets than everybody kind of thinks. The Vikings throw a little bit more than everybody thinks. And, um, you know, it's it's going to be fun. There's a, there's a lot of really good rookies this year. There is. Um, I will say the thing about him and then, uh, about Jefferson, uh, then I'll let uh, Tristan take it over from here. I will say that uh, a guy also to watch out for is Ola B. C. Johnson, not a, not a rookie wide receiver, but he had a breakout year, kind of-ish as a seventh-round draft pick last year. Um, had a great year, 30 catches over almost 300 yards. Now, only nine yards a catch, but he had three touchdowns, uh, and he became a very uh, reliable security blanket for uh, Kirk Cousins down the road. Uh, and he was absolutely just a, not only just a feel good story, but he runs uh, runs great routes. Reminds me a lot of Thielen, even though I think Thielen is just a little bit more athletic. Um, he runs great routes. He's got great hands, and he's a reliable target. I think um, Justin Jefferson could potentially take away, or excuse me, uh, uh, Ole Johnson could potentially take away from that just a little bit. But um, Tristan, take it away. Um, maybe some other guys you thought that uh, were uh, potential sleepers. I'm right there with uh, Garrett on this, actually. I had it at a tie between Justin Jefferson and C.D. Lamb. Um, the reason I put C.D. Lamb up there, yeah, they have Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Gallup's a baller. Um, I feel like he's pretty underrated. Um, 
and uh, Zeke. But I just feel like there's going to be so many times where CeeDee Lamb is just going to be running free somewhere in the middle of the field. Because I feel like CeeDee Lamb is going to have the same role in the Dallas Cowboys offense that Randall Cobb had in Green Bay's offense when they had Adams and Jordy. And they have Mike McCarthy there now. And Mike McCarthy absolutely loves a good slot receiver to expose the middle of the field. And since Dallas got rid of Randall Cobb and added C.D. Lamb, I feel like he probably won't get as many targets as Justin Jefferson, but I feel like he's going to be a more explosive player than Justin Jefferson, Um, which is why I put him up there. When he gets his targets, I feel like they're going to be big, and he's going to stretch out the middle of the field a lot better than people think he's going to probably, Um, especially because they don't have a a really – like a very good tight end, I guess. I'm not really sure who Dallas's tight end even is, honestly. But uh, I just feel like he has the potential in that offense with Mike McCarthy and those guys around him to be a weapon. Um, and then Justin Jefferson, obviously. Um, the amount of play-action pass that uh, Minnesota runs and how much attention Adam Thielen's going to get from the number one defenders. Um, Justin Jefferson's obviously going to get... I think he's going to get way more targets than any of those guys, including Jerry Judy um, and anybody else. Because like Garrett said, I think Minnesota does throw the ball a lot more than you think they throw the ball. And he's he's somebody he's, – he's exactly who I wanted Green Bay to draft in round number one. Um, just because his LSU film was wild. He's extremely good. Um, I feel like he could have gone – I feel like he should have been one of the top two or three receivers drafted. Uh, but – yeah, those two guys are tied for my top two. But if I had to pick somebody that's not a receiver to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, um, the no-brainer for me would be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Just because of the opportunity that's getting put in front of him is absurd. And how good he is catching the ball out of the backfield. And that's what Andy Reid loves to do. Um, it's his favorite hobby, right next to eating cheeseburgers. Um, I just feel like the opportunity... For Edwards Hilaire. He's going to get so many opportunities starting tonight. Um, and he's explosive. He's extremely explosive. Mm-hmm. And to be the starting back after Damian Williams uh, opted out, I the, the sky's the limit for this dude and this offense. is It's already absurd. So to add a running back who brings another element of pass catching out of the backfield that you didn't really have before, Damian Williams was okay at it. But since they lost Kareem Hunt, they've never really had that dude in the backfield. And I feel like Edward Tolaire is going to be that guy, and he's going to have a legitimate shot at Offensive Rookie of the Year. And I think he's probably going to win it. But if I if I had to pick a receiver, I would certainly go with Justin Jefferson or uh, C.D. Lamb. Okay. Uh, like, yep, I think, uh, man, good points. I'm excited for this year. I feel like there are so many wide receivers that can make such a big impact this year. I mean, obviously, such a wide receiver, heavy, deep class. I mean, just top off the top of my head, there's so many more. I mean, I mean, you got guys like Justin Rieger or uh, Jalen Rieger, excuse me. Um, I mean, there's just so many uh, T. Higgins, like he said. There's so many wide receivers that can make a huge impact this first year with some with some good quarterbacks too. So um, I'm excited to see him. I'm excited for football to get started tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's all we had to cover. Anything else you guys want to mention before we get out of here? Yes, I want to do one more thing. Okay. I'm going off script with this. Mm-hmm. So if you want to cut this out at the end of the video, you can cut this out at the end of the video. But I want all of your guys' week one locks. Okay. So I don't know if you guys are available able to look at the spread of the games currently or in the next five minutes. Um, 
But I'm going to say this right now. My week one lock is the Tennessee Titans minus two at Denver. I think the Titans are amazing. I think the Titans are going to blow them out. I think the Titans have a good defense. I think Derrick Henry is going to run all over them. The Von Miller injury is just catastrophic for that defense. I think the Titans will win that game by at least two touchdowns. My lock for the week, Titans over the Broncos. Titans are wild. Well, the Titans also, they just got also got Clowney too, which I believe, uh, even though he won't play much of a role in the week one, I think he'll still have a role, which I think is something to watch out for. Um, we'll run us through here. I'm watching. I've got the entire list of games here, and I feel pretty comfortable um, uh, picking. What like Run me through what you're thinking. Me or who? Uh, either one. I'm sorry. Uh, Garrett, run me through. This is your idea. Tell me who, you th- who you've got. Uh, run me through here because I've got the full list of games up. So my lock for the week is the Titans minus two against the Broncos. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Steelers will cover the spread, and that's uh, six points. I think the Cowboys will beat the Rams, and their spread is two and a half. I think the Cardinals are better than everybody expects, and so I'm taking them plus seven. I've got the uh, Saints beating the Buccaneers by at least four. That spread's three and a half. Uh, I think the Bengals start Joe Burrow off with a victory, even though they're three-point underdogs. I think the Ravens beat the Browns by more than ten because they're at home, and I just can't bet it. You know, you just can't go against Lamar Jackson. Um, I think the Colts beat the Jaguars because I think the Jaguars are possibly the worst team in football. Um, the Raiders are going to win their very first game as the Las Vegas Raiders, and they're going to do it by more than three and a half points. Um, I think the same with the Washington football team. I think with Ron Rivera, um, they might lose that game, but I don't think they lose it by more than five. Um, I think the Vikings will win the home opener uh, with a game-winning field goal. I think Detroit Blacks out the Bears. That's not even going to be close. Detroit's a three-point favorite. Um, the Bills are six-and-a-half-point favorites. I think the Bills will beat the Jets by more than uh, six points. They'll beat them by seven or more. Uh, the Bills' defense might not even let the Jets score. Uh, Seattle goes to Atlanta, and I'm going to take Seattle because I think Russell Wilson's going to be a man-possessed, and I can't trust Atlanta. They're, you know, a 50-50. They're, they're the Russian roulette team um, this year, in my opinion. So I'm going to take Seattle two and a half. And then tonight, I think Kansas City will beat the Houston Texans by more than 10. The spread for that one is nine and a half. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, let's go. Uh, Tristan, give me your, your picks here. Uh, do you got the, the schedule bigger? I do. Okay, go give me your um, spread. I'll start with tonight's game. Um, obviously, the uh, the Chiefs have the, the edge on everyone. I'm going to pick Houston tonight. Um, okay. I want I want Kansas City to win, but sometimes you just got to go out on a limb and pick the <laughs> underdog. So tonight I'm going to pick Houston. Um, Raiders and the Panthers. Raiders are going to win that one. I'm not going to go into the spreads and the points. Raiders are going to win. Um, Browns and Ravens. Browns. I got the Browns winning that um, somehow. Lions, they're going to poop on the Bears. Um, Packers and Vikings. Packers are probably going to wipe the Vikings. Um, in my opinion, uh, okay. we'll see. We'll see what happens. It depends on Dalvin Cook. If Dalvin Cook has a good game, it'll be a close game, but the Packers will win. If Dalvin Cook is held to under 75, the Packers will probably wipe him by 10 or more. Um, just because I feel like, yeah, we can save it for another time. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is in a really good place. Year two of the offense, the comfort level is next level. Um, 
yeah, they're, I think they're going to be a lot better than some people think they're going to be. Um, Seahawks and Falcons. Seahawks are going to win that game. Dolphins and Patriots. Dolphins for the upset. Uh, <laughs> I love that, actually. I love that. I agree with him. They did I it at the end of last year. Great. Yeah. Fitzpatrick, he certainly has his games where he can he can toss up 500 yards on you. So I wouldn't put I it past that. him. Um, we'll see. Tua's going to end up being the starter. No. But I think – No? <laughs> I think two is a bust. I'll think I say two is a bust. Woo! Yeah, the only Woo! the only reason I'm on board with that is his injury history. I feel like he gets sacked three times and he's probably gonna have some problems. But uh Fitzpatrick is gonna hang an L on the Patriots. It's gonna take a while for Cam to get into the groove there, I think. Um uh, let's see, Colts and Jaguars. Minshew's gonna hang up five hundred on the Colts. Uh, <laughs> Maybe not 500, but they're going to win. They're going to win. I think it's going to take Phillip a little time to – I don't know. The Colts, their roster is phenomenal. Um, I feel like they probably have one of the best rosters in the league. Um, but I think it'll take it a little while to put together. I think at the end of the season, the Colts will be really good. Uh, Philadelphia and Washington. Philadelphia probably win that one. Um, if Carson Wentz can stay on the field longer than a quarter, uh, they'll probably win it. Um, Chargers and Bengals. Uh, Bengals gonna put the hurt on the Chargers. Um, I think I think Joe Burrow starts off with a win. I like that pick, Garrett. Chargers, you don't really know what the hell is gonna happen at quarterback there. Um, which is why I'm kind of on defense about that. They're tight. Uh, who's their tight end? Somebody Hunter talked Henry. About Hunter, Hunter Henry. Henry. Everybody's picking Hunter Henry and like their first few tight ends or like the first five tight ends. Like, I mean, he was good with Philip Rivers, but. You don't know what the hell is going to happen. But I think Tyrod's the starter. Um, Buccaneers and Saints. Mm, that's a tough one. I will probably pick. I'll pick the Saints to win that one. Um, Cardinals and Niners. I think the Cardinals are going to explode somehow. Um, adding good way or bad way. Good way. I think they're okay. going to be very, okay. very a very explosive offense. Um, I don't know. I'm still not really sold on Kyler Murray, but I think they, they, they're good enough to beat the 49ers. Um, who else we got? Cowboys and Rams. Cowboys. Um, Steelers and Giants. Steelers. Titans and Broncos. Titans by 30. Um, we know Von Miller got hurt, but Bradley Chubb is questionable. He got hurt today. Um, <laughs> what a rough life for Bronco fans. I don't feel sorry. I don't feel sorry for Tanner Fritz right now. I just want you guys to both know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they I, I guess they reached out to Clay Matthews, and Clay said no. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> but, uh, Good. Yeah, I think the Titans will probably steamroll them. Jeez, uh, we got more? No, I think that's it. Yeah, that's all I got. Who's your absolute lock? Absolute lock? Green Bay over Minnesota, 100%. <laughs> I love I, I love Packer and Vikings fans so much. I, love I have it. to. I have I, to. I feel like I've been one of the more gracious Vikings fans out there because uh, – and plus, I feel like I've had to be because of how much pain we've went through. But I, this is getting out of hand. Like, this is just – I uh, okay, I got to calm down. I'm going to make my picks now. I'll get to the Vikings and Packers game in just a second. Um, uh, Texans and Chiefs. I've got the Chiefs winning by three touchdowns tonight. Uh, I think 
I, I, honestly, I, it's Patrick Mahomes. You don't need to say anything else. Uh, the Texans have, are kind of reeling a little bit from this. I think this trade, uh, trading Nuke, is going to affect them a lot more than people think. I mean, you're trading your, your number one wide receiver who uh, has nearly 10,000 yards already and hasn't even been in the NFL that long. Consistent 100 catch a year guy. Im- immense amount of impact he's had on that offense, and it's not getting talked about enough. Um, Jets and Bills. Bills steamroll the Jets. I mean, come on. You guys said it best. Uh, the Bills have one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. Um, they got Stephon Diggs this year, too, so I expect that offense to take a, a step forward. How much of a step? I'm not sure. Um, I do expect the uh, the Jets and Bill, uh, the, excuse me, the Bills to roll, roll over the Jets, even though the Jets, I mean, they're up and coming-ish. I mean, eh. Um, but then also uh, uh, Vikings and Packers. Now, I do expect the Packers to win this, um, and I actually, I actually do expect the Packers to win by at least 10. I don't. I don't know. It's all- <laughs> Let me explain. Now it's going to depend on two things. Number one, if Dalvin Cook gets going, um, I think that if the Vikings can control the clock for a long time and force, uh, at which point makes Aaron Rodgers throw a lot. These young corners, I'm not 100% confident. I'm really not. Uh, I, I mean, especially Mike Hughes last year. I know he's coming back. Colton Hill's coming back, too. Um, I, I expect the Packers just to win this one week one. I mean, not this was before the Daniel Hunter thing. Now now it's Neil Hunter out. I think it's going to be at least two touchdowns because you lose your all-pro defensive end. Uh, that's just a big uh, a big upset. I think that's just a big um just a big downer for a defense that counts, that just relies on getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, and the fact that they're not going to be able to do that, I think, is going to be big. Um, and then uh, the Eagles and the Washington football team. Um, I'm going to go Eagles here. I feel like the Eagles have a lot more answers at just about every position other than Washington. Washington, though, I think they're going to be uh, an, actually a very up-and-coming team. Not, I don't, they won't make the playoffs, but I think they can be an 8-8 eight eight team, a, a team that's on the fringe. Um, I mean, possibly, possibly make that seven seed or, you know, make that uh, that extra spot there. But I, I doubt it. But I think they're going to be a much improved team. I think Dwayne Hessens is going to take a step forward this year. Um, between Browns and Ravens, Ravens, well, let's be real. Ravens, uh, Lamar Jackson's going to run for 200 yards. Uh, but I do expect Baker Mayfield to show people a little something this year because he was uh, heavily hated on last year. And I, I, I feel bad for the guy. But at the same time, he had more commercials uh, than wins. So um, I, I think – uh, I, I think that uh, he, even though he's hated on, I expect the Ravens to come up with a win there. That's, um, that's a great line. That's the that's the best line that I love Baker Mayfield, but that's the best line I've heard about him in a while. Yeah, he had more commercials than wins. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry. I got to give you points for the Eagles and and for the Washington football team. Um, I'll put the Eagles up ten over Washington. Uh, it's not that much. Uh, it's not that much, but I think the Eagles aren't good enough to. Beat them by three touchdowns. Um, uh, Browns and Ravens, I think it's Ravens by at least 17 points. At least 17 points. Uh, because the Ravens are just – they get, even J.K. Dobbins, I mean, they're running the football. They're, they're a solid defense. I mean, they're just an explosive offense. Um, they're going to pummel you. And then uh, Colts and Jaguars, I'm going to go with an upset here. I'm going to go with the Jaguars over the Colts. I think that uh, – I think the uh, the Jaguars are still – even though they're an up-and-coming team, they've still got some some good uh, some good wide receivers that finally – they've. Uh, I think they're figuring some stuff out, even though they – yeah, I believe they are one of the worst teams in football. I think they're going to kind of maybe uh, – this is my bold prediction for the week. I, I just feel like the Colts um, have got a lot to prove in terms of the quarterback. I don't know if Jacoby Brissett is the actual answer. Uh, he's, he's obviously no Andrew Luck, but – um, I, I'm excited to see what that game brings. Raiders and Panthers. I do actually feel like the Raiders will win this game, but not by much. The Panthers, um, not 100% sold, sold on Teddy Bridgewater. Um, even though he, uh, before, I loved, I still have his jersey. I love Teddy Bridgewater. 
But I, I know we won't have to do much because he's just going to give the ball to Christian McCaffrey. But when he's asked to throw, um, how much is he going to be able to do against the Raiders defense? Even though it's not the Raiders defense, I feel like it's a top 15 unit. Maybe not, uh, maybe top 20, but I don't know how he's going to do. I'm, I'm excited to see that, though. I'm excited for Teddy. He's getting his chance. I'm excited. Um, Bears and Lions. Uh, this is Lions. Lions are going to win by 13 points. Uh, Matt Stafford's going to come out uh, this week. He's going to have a. He's going to have a game. He's going to show that these the Lions are going to show some teams now. There they are. Um, Seahawks Falcons. Ooh. Um, I feel like the Falcons have been that fringe team that they can either make the playoffs or they're going to have a really disappointing year. Last year was a disappointing year. They made. Let's not forget they made the Super Bowl as early as a couple of years ago. So um, I think I think the Falcons take over the Seahawks. Uh, I think that that uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, I mean, you guys still got Julio Jones, one of the better uh, better guys there, um, and I, I think that the Falcons are going to take overtake the Seahawks. Um, Patriots and Dolphins. Oh man! Uh, Ride the uh, wave, Colton. Ride the wave. Like if if the Dolphins win, it will be by three. It will be like a miracle, like three points last second. But to be the safe pick, I think it's the Patriots by seven. Only by seven because I'm gonna ride the wave of Miami, Tristan. We're gonna ride the wave. We're riding it. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna thirteen and three. Go go to your lonely cold Foxborough. We're gonna go chill in Miami and ride the wave. Oh my God! There is no way. Uh, I'm just saying that the safe pick here with Cam Newton, it's going to take him a couple weeks to kind of get everything in hand. But I do expect him to have a good year. But I think that the the, the Patriots. I'm jumping off this way, bloop, right into the uh, right into the water there. Tweets I, are going to be sent on Sunday. I'm going to tell you that right now. Tweets are going to be sent on Sunday. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, all right. Uh, Chargers and Bengals. Um, so it's kind of a toss-up because both teams aren't necessarily amazing. But um, I'll go Bengals here because they've got a lot more weapons than you think. Uh, now, it all depends on how uh, Burrow plays. But at the end of the day, they've got Jill Mixon. You know, they got A.J. Green. Uh, and Nobody knows. It. Tyler Boyd is actually good. Like, nobody talks about it. It's a travesty. Like, I, I ever since this guy was coming out of Pitt, he broke Larry Fitzgerald for most catches, uh, I believe, for most career catches at Pitt. So, come on. Give this guy some respect. I think he's going to be uh, a dark horse candidate uh, for uh, – I mean, for being one of the more undervalued players. He's extremely undervalued, and it's a, and it's a travesty. Um, 49ers and Cardinals. Am I the only one that remembers that the 49ers made the Super Bowl last year? Come on. They're going to run the ball down the Cardinals' throats, and they're not going to do anything about it. Uh, uh, for, excuse me. I need to go back. Uh, uh, Chargers and Bengals. Uh, Bengals by uh, – let's go 10. Bengals by 10. Uh, 49ers by uh, – uh, by six points over the Cardinals, even though the Cardinals are are coming up, they, they resigned Nuke, uh, Nuke, which is great. I love that Nuke. What the heck? Oh, I I played cultural ball with a guy named Nuke. Anyway, point is, um, uh, Cardinals are actually a very up and coming team. I feel like Kenyon Drake's gonna have a great year. Kyler Murray, I love him. Uh, I'm excited to see what the Cardinals do. Uh, Saints and Buccaneers. This is a fun one. I don't care what anybody says. The fact that Tom Brady and uh, Drew Brees are gonna go at it twice a year, you guys have got to be excited about that. Um, I, I say takes Tom Brady a little bit to get going, plus Leonard Fournette just got there. I, I go I go Saints over the Buccaneers by seven in week one. Um, I feel like the Saints uh, are a way more complete team, even though the Buccaneers are threatening, definitely, to say the least. Cowboys uh, by 10 uh, – no, Cowboys by 14 over the Rams, uh, even though the Rams just signed um, Jalen Ramsey to a monster contract. The Rams have got to show me something. Uh, they continually oversigned – uh, over overpay players and then have to cut them two years later and it just it just, just doesn't end up like they wish even though I think Jalen Ramsey will pan out uh, the Rams aren't going to get it done uh, Steelers Giants come on it's the Steelers even though 
uh, we've seen some good things from the Giants. Um, I I don't know. I think I think Saquon Barkley is getting about fed up with what's going on there. I think their offensive line is better. <laughs> I think their defense needs a little bit more. Um, and then as far as uh, ten, uh, sorry, ten point favorites for the Steelers over the Giants, Titans and Broncos. The Bronco everything seems to be going wrong for the Broncos. Um, but let's get let's go let's go Titans over the Broncos. I I do feel like the Titans are especially a way more complete team. Just at a Genevieve Clowney, um, something to watch for. Uh, yeah, let's go thirteen over the Broncos. Um, those are my as far as my lock. Let me. Who's your lock? My lock. This is this is gonna be. My lock is going to be the Bills over the Jets. I feel like the the Bills are so immensely much more talented than the Jets. It's not even funny. Uh, and that the fact that the Bills are expected to not only take a step forward this year, they're expected to be in that conversation for an NFC Championship game going against the Chiefs, even though they won't win that one. But um, I do expect the uh, the Bills to uh, be fully, half-heartedly, not even close, beat the, the Jets, uh, make the Jets question whether they play football. So those are my uh, my week one picks and my lock for this week. Um yeah, that was that was good. Uh, Garrett, you always bring good stuff, especially towards the end of the show. You always ask us something that takes us thirty extra minutes, but it's always good uh, because it's 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 totally awesome. But um, uh, is that all we had for week one, boys, or for episode fifty one? Football's back in twenty minutes. Twenty Amen. minutes. Amen. Amen. Uh, so excited for it, uh, man. Garrett, you know what it is. Thank you so much for joining me. It's always so much fun when you come on. Uh, just seeing a, a guy with a pretty face come on and just give uh-huh. us something to talk about, man. Uh, we would appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. You know, love it. You know, can't wait to see how these games go on Sunday because tweets are going to be sent. Ride the wave. <laughs> All right, Tristan, co-host. Um, a man, it's always been a, it's a, you know what it is. It's always been a pleasure. Um, uh, what, uh, any big plans for tonight as you watch the game and hopefully watch the the, uh, the Chiefs win? I'm going to eat a lot and I'm going to drink a lot. Uh, watch the Watch the football. <laughs> Ride the wave into Sunday. Let's, uh, let's go! <laughs> Miami, Let's go. Miami by ten at least. Let's go. Um, Let's go. Ride the wave. <laughs> I'm a Fitzmagic. Big Fitzmagic fan. Big. Um, Tua's not taking his job. I mean, I, I think I actually said earlier that Tua was probably going to take his job. So the way it plays out is Tua probably takes his job, gets hurt. Fitzmagic gets his job back. Uh, that's, probably, <laughs> that's honestly, realistically, probably what happens. But and the playoff beard comes back for the Miami Dolphins. The playoff beard Let's comes go. back. They're going to make yeah. a push for the playoffs, boys. Ride the wave. Let's go. 13, this man really said 13-3 and three, uh, as early as 10 minutes ago. I'm, I'm absolutely flabbergasted. Um, I'm not going to ride the wave, and you guys send those tweets on. Uh, make sure you guys who watched the episode, make sure you guys send the tweets to what you guys think about our, our picks, our locks for the week. Will the will will the uh, Dolphins take over overtake the Patriots in week one? Uh, by more than 10, are you guys going to ride the way to let us know? Uh, once again, also to make sure, subscribe down below. Uh, leave us a like and a comment. Uh, follow us on all social media. And as always from this channel, peace out.